Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Well, good morning, South Valley. How are you guys doing today? Happy New Year. So great to see your smiling faces. Today I get to kick off. Yeah, I'll take this. Thank you, Paige. Uh, Can you guys help me thank the worship team for leading us this morning? Always doing an incredible job. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump into a new sermon series this morning titled I Am. My dear friend Andrew Alesso kicked it off for us last week. Did you guys enjoy listening to Andrew Alesso from Thrive LA? He's an amazing guy. He had so much fun. He loved hanging out with you and getting to know you. And so I'm excited to continue that series. So let's pray and let's jump into God's word today. Father God, I thank you so much for a new year. And for many of us, God, we have high hopes for this year. We, we hope to see uh, our children grow in their love for you. We hope to see um, people around us uh, feel and and realize their need for salvation. We hope to experience blessing. We hope to experience joy and peace. And whatever we go through, we know that you will light the way ahead of us. You will guide us and you will lead us into your promised land because you are with us always to the end of the earth. You are always there. And so, Father God, we just, we ask that you would be with us this morning. Guide us in our time. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. Well, it's great to be with you guys this morning. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring the seven I am statements from the book of John. And these statements, if you don't know, these statements form the backbone of John's gospel. And what happens in these statements is Jesus, he takes a motif from Judaism, often in the context of a, of a feast or a miracle or some kind of meal or major festival, and then he reinterprets it for himself. And there are, there are seven I am statements in this gospel. I think we have them on the screen here. The first is, I am the bread of life, which is what you heard last week from Pastor Andrew Alesso. The second is, I am the light of the world, which we'll talk about today. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the true vine. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to explore each of these seven I am statements. And what I want you to see up front is this. Jesus is a master teacher. Do you guys believe that this morning? Jesus has this amazing way of taking something tangible like bread or light, or a grapevine, and squeezing out of it every little spiritual truth. You guys know anybody like that? Like you're walking down the road and they see a tree and then they turn it into this like amazing, mind-blowing life lesson? As I was writing this sermon, I heard the movie Kung Fu Panda on in the background. Anybody ever see Kung Fu Panda? If you have kids, you've seen it a million times. And as the, the movie was on, I, I could hear the kids watching it. And, you know, you know, martial arts instructors, they have this way of, of turning everything into a life lesson. I think of Karate Kid. Some of you, everybody knows Karate Kid, right? I remember growing up as a child wishing I had a Mr. Miyagi in my life. 
Like, just teach me how to wash cars and block opponents at the same time. Teach me how to paint fences and fight people. That, that just sounds amazing. Like, give me all the nuggets of wisdom and life lessons. I wanted, growing up, a karate instructor to walk with me through life and teach me all of the lessons that I could learn along the way. Well, I'm happy to let you know today, we have a far better teacher than Mr. Miyagi. His name is Jesus Christ, okay? Jesus, if you are looking for a coach, a life coach, someone to walk you through your purpose in life, someone to help you extract the meaning out of life, then look to Jesus. What we're seeing in this series is that Jesus has this special ability of taking ordinary, everyday, mundane objects and turning them into brilliant life lessons. But as we'll see in this series, Jesus, he's not just a coach, and he's not just a guru or a good teacher. Jesus is God incarnate, the light of the world. If you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and turn now to John chapter eight. John eight, we're gonna be in one verse this morning, only one verse. I had a plan of going like through most of John eight, and then I studied this one verse and I realized that I have you know at least an hour worth of sermon just in that one verse. Don't worry, I'll, I'll shorten it though. I won't be a whole hour. But John eight, verse 12, you're gonna see this is a mind-blowing verse. Go ahead and turn there. I wanna give you the context as you do. In John eight, Jesus is attending a seven-day festival called the Feast of Tabernacles. And during this festival, Jews would pitch tents around the Temple Mount in Jerusalem to reenact their time wandering in the wilderness. You guys remember that in the book of Exodus? They're, they're delivered out of Egypt and they're on their way to the promised land, but they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And during that time, they lived in tents. And so this feast was to commemorate that season and they would literally pitch tents around Jerusalem. It was one of the three major pilgrimage festivals. It was celebrated uh, uh, at the time of the agricultural harvest, okay? So everyone would flood into Jerusalem, they would live in tents and they would remember the time of wilderness wandering. Well, the Feast of Tabernacles was established as a reminder of how God provided in the wilderness. God gave his children everything they needed to survive the wilderness wandering. He gave them manna from heaven to eat. He gave them water from a rock to drink. And he lighted their path before them. He, he led them by a, a cloud, a, a, a cloud, a pillar of cloud by the day and a pillar of fire by night, illuminating the path through the desert to the promised land. Well, in commemoration of God illuminating the way, day seven of this Feast of Tabernacles included a really special light ceremony. So they'd come to the city, celebrate for seven days straight, lots of fun, lots of good food, being with your family. It was an amazing time, living in tents. But on day seven, the final day, there was this amazing light fe festival where they would, re would recall the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day that led them through the wilderness. And 16 golden bowls, they were filled with oil and they were lit to, to illuminate the temple courtyard. Also, torches were handed out to people and people would walk around and they'd dance and they'd sing and they'd remember God's light 
through the wilderness. And it was such a sight to behold that the witnesses of that time described the city shining like a diamond for everyone to see. In a world that didn't have public lighting after dusk, this light shining from Jerusalem's yellow limestone walls was so brilliant and so spectacular that it radiated through the whole entire city. Well, it was in this context that Jesus stood up in the midst of giant crowds of people and he uttered some of his most famous words in the entire Bible. The light is being passed around through torches. The light is lit on these great pillars. All of Jerusalem is shining. They're remembering God's provision, God's salvation, God making a way to the promised land. And then Jesus in the middle of it all, this 30 year old guy, 30-year-old rabbi, no one really understands who he is at this point. This is massive. He stands up in front of all these people and he says this, I am the light of the world. You imagine how mind-blowing that would be? Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I wanna share with you guys three ways Jesus illuminates the world. Number one, Jesus is the source of light. We read in this text, Jesus is the source of light. He says, I am the light of the world. Jesus' claim to be light was actually a claim to be God. I want you to think about this for a second. If you go back to the book of Genesis, what were God's first words ever uttered in scripture. Do you guys remember what they are? Think about it. Jesus said, or God said, let there be what? Let there be light. So we all know that the Bible says that God is love, but did you know the Bible also says that God is light? First John 1, 5 says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. In fact, God's glory is so magnificent, so amazing, so powerful that it illuminates all. And if you were to fast forward from Genesis to Revelation, you would learn in the book of Revelation that there is no need for sun or moon in heaven because what? God's light, God's glory illuminates everything. He says this in Revelation 21, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the lamb. By its light will the nations walk. When Jesus stood up and said, I am the light of the world, Jesus was saying, I am God. Not just a life coach, not some spiritual guru, not just a good teacher, not just an example to follow after, not just a really cool guy with some cool sayings that, you know, maybe, you know, like you can apply to your life. Jesus isn't those things. He, Jesus, well, he's some of those things, but he is God. Jesus stood up in the midst of the people and said, I am the light. And this was a mind-blowing statement because all of those references to light in the Bible were references to Jesus. In fact, the simple phrase, I am, here's another mind-blowing thing. The simple phrase, I am, you heard this from Andrew last week, ego a me in the Greek, would have transported them back to a very famous scene in the book of Exodus. 
When Jesus said, ego a me, I am, they would think back to Exodus chapter three, where, where Moses received his calling as he was walking and, and, and they, God spoke to him through the burning bush. And when Moses said, who am I gonna say sent me to, to proclaim uh, liberty to these captives? God says to him, tell them, I am sent you. I am who I am. When God describes himself, when God declared his name to human beings, he used the phrase, I am. Now on the surface, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but what it means is that God is totally self-sufficient. God just is. He has no beginning, he has no end. He is self-existent, self-sufficient, self-sustaining. He is not created, he is not finite, he is eternal, and we are all dependent upon him. Can I get an amen? We worship the great I am. Jesus stood in Jerusalem in front of millions of people as lights were being passed around and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Well, Jesus is not just a spiritual guru, as I pointed out, Jesus is God. And John takes very careful, uh, pays very careful attention to this and makes this case in his gospel. In fact, he starts off his gospel with these words. In the beginning was the word. This is supposed to make us think of Genesis, which starts the same way. In the beginning, God. Okay, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is God, but Jesus wasn't just God. He was also in this moment claiming to be the long awaited Messiah. You see, Jews knew Messiah would come and bring light to the world. And oftentimes they were only thinking about Jerusalem, like they wanted somebody to light Jerusalem to be about the people of Israel. But Messiah was promised in the Old Testament not to just light up Jerusalem, he would be a light to the whole world. You guys know this passage pretty well. Isaiah 9, talking about the Messiah, says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great what? A great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Old Testament, when talking about the Messiah, often compared the Messiah to light. Isaiah 42, six, which is the suffering servant that promised that, that the, the Messiah would come and die on a cross. Earlier it says, I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. Isaiah 42, six, the whole world would find salvation in Messiah's light. So why is this such a big deal? Well, let me ask you another question. Do you agree that we live in a dark world? Let's just be real for a moment. When I take a step back and I assess what's going on in the world, 
And I assess what's happening in our country or I assess what's happening in other countries or I think about the history of humanity. There is only one way to describe the reality of this world and it's this, this world is a bit jacked up. Would you agree? I know that's kind of a strong word, but it's the truth. This world is a bit messed up. And, and us human beings, we, we really know how to make a mess out of things. We really know how to take good things and destroy them, how to take great things and make them bad. Like we, we have a tendency of messing things up. This world is actually pretty dark. Just turn on the news for 30 minutes if you can bear it. We live in a dark world. And just in our little slice of the globe, our little corner of, of planet Earth, we see that crime is on the rise, right? We hear about smash and grab robberies. We see drug addiction on the rise. We see homelessness becoming a national crisis. And we see a nation divided over how to fix all of these dark things that are happening around us. And instead of things getting better and better and better and better, what we see is things only get worse and worse and worse and worse. We live in a very dark world. We live in a world of school shootings and online bullies, a world where suicide rates continue to increase year after year after year after year. We're not getting better, we're getting worse. We're not becoming filled with more hope, we're becoming filled with more and more despair because if we're real, if we're really looking at what's going on around us and we're paying attention to the people around us, many people around us are not living in light and joy and happiness and in all of those things that Jesus came to bring. Many of us are living in dark darkness, captured by a dark world, a world filled with sexual exploitation, human trafficking, a world where a, a child's first exposure to pornography is 11 years old, a world where one in four children don't have a father, and where 90% of homeless and runaway children come from fatherless homes. We live in a world that disdains prayer, that wants to dismantle the family, but glamorizes sex. We live in a dark world. And I'm not trying to depress you. I'm not trying to discourage you. But you will never understand the power of Jesus's words, I am the light of the world, unless you realize that you are in fact living in a dark world. And if you don't believe that the world needs light, if you don't believe that the world needs hope, then the reality is that you have just grown, you've become, become accustomed to the dark. I heard a pastor say one time that time in erodes awareness of. The longer we live in a situation, the less we recognize it for what it really is. The less we, we really can assess it and, and think about it objectively. The longer we live in darkness, the, the less we recognize that darkness. Okay, there are things that, that 10 years ago you would have never stood for, but maybe today you're like, oh, I'll, I'll let it go. It's fine. Because you spent so much time in it that you no longer see it for what it really is. It reminds me, so I just went uh, last week, I saw a movie with the kids, 
kids were out of school, had a great time. We saw a matinee showing, so it was early in the day. We get out of the movie theater, right? And when you walk out of the movie theater after a matinee showing, it's like, it's like the sun is literally like three feet from your eyeballs, right? Like you can't see your car. Kids don't go in the street. I don't know where I'm at. What is going on? Somebody turned this light down. Like it's crazy. I don't know. You're in that darkness for so long. You walk out. Why does it hurt, hurt your eyes so bad when you walk out of a showtime in the middle of the day? The reason is because your eyeballs have grown adjusted to the darkness. And since your eyeballs are so adjusted to the dark, the moment you step into the light, it actually burns, it actually hurts, it's actually blinding. And so here's a question for you today, and only you can answer this for yourself. Have you adjusted to the dark? Maybe you've been living in it for so long, you don't even see it as dark anymore. Maybe you don't even realize the needs that this world uh, is presenting every single day. There are so many people in great need of God's power and God's light, yet we have been so accustomed to the dark that we no longer see it because we've been living in it for so long. At times, we just tend to accept it. But Jesus came to expose what is in the dark and to deliver people out of it and into his marvelous light. Can I get an amen? We don't have to be a people in darkness. We can be a people who live in the light. We don't have to be a people defined by despair or anxiety or depression. We can be a people defined by joy and gladness and freedom and liberty in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus came to deliver people out of the darkness and bring them into his marvelous light and to shine his brightness on their world so that they no longer are, are sitting there decaying and, and, and being consumed by guilt and shame and, and loneliness where they are free and they are full of life and they have purpose and they have meaning to their world because Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus came to be your light. Well, Jesus' claim to be light wasn't just a claim to be God, and it wasn't just a claim to be Messiah. It was also a claim to be the judge of the world. You see, because what one thing that happens with light is that light exposes darkness and for people who want freedom, that's actually a good feeling. Like, okay, I'm finally ready to bring this to the light. You guys have heard that before, right? They've been hiding something for a long time. It's been bugging them. It's a secret they've been holding on to, and it weighs on them and it's like a cloud over them. And they finally bring it to the light and there's just this feeling of freedom and, and it's off of my shoulders now. So there's that joy, but then there's also sometimes we don't like the light and we run from the light and we try to hide from it. And so sometimes Jesus shines his light on the darkness to expose darkness and to declare his judgment against it. Jesus says this in John 3, verse 19. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out by God. You see, Jesus knows our secret struggles and he knows that our secret struggles are the darkness in which death and destruction grow. Evil thrives in the dark. Depression 
thrives in the dark. Guilt thrives in the dark. Fear drives, thrives in the dark. But what Jesus came to do is to bring his light. Like the candles that lit up the city of Jerusalem, so too Jesus came to light up the whole world. Do you need his saving light in your life this morning? Which leads to point number two. Jesus knows the way out of darkness. So he didn't just say, I'm the light, but he also gave an invitation after declaring to be the light of the world. He said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now this is the greatest invitation ever, okay? So if you want out of your darkness, some of you as I've talked about light and darkness just now, just so you know, John, he talks about light and darkness 22 times in his gospel. He's all about it. And if you read his epistles, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and you also read Revelation, there's a lot of light darkness themes that come from, from John because he knows that Jesus is the way out of darkness. I want you to know this morning that if you feel stuck in darkness, there actually is a way out. You don't have to live in darkness in 2023. You don't have to live in darkness anymore even today. There is actually a path out of the darkness. Whatever that despair is, whatever that guilt is, whatever that shame is, whatever that thing is that's weighing you down or hurting you or, or disturbing you, there is actually a way out of the darkness. And Jesus is saying, I am that way, so follow me. Follow me and I'll guide you out of the wilderness and into the promised land. Just as in the Old Testament, God led his people with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night from, from, is, from Egypt to Israel. So also Jesus is claiming here that he will lead you through the desert wilderness and into his promised land if you follow him. Follow me. Maybe today, your life feels like a desert wilderness. Some of you are like, yep, that's me. That's perfect. I feel like I'm in a desert. I've been wandering around in this desert. I've been in this desert for far too long. It started in 2020 and it's still here today. Well, life in the wilderness can be hard. The sun is hot. The days are long. When you're living in the wilderness, you often wonder if you'll have enough. We have enough resources to get through the day. We have enough strength to face another grueling battle, whatever that is for you. If that is you, then you need to know today that Jesus came to blaze a path into the promised land. And his invitation for you, if you want out of the darkness, if you want out of the wilderness, is to follow him. And to be a follower of Jesus is to give yourself fully to Christ. And it's not always gonna be easy and it won't always take you the, the path that you anticipated. Okay, they still wandered through the wilderness before entering the, the promised land. But if you trust Jesus to light your way, he will get you exactly to where you need to be. You just have to put one foot in front of the other and follow him. And following Jesus means trusting Jesus and obeying, obeying Jesus today. That's what it means. Stop worrying about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just focus on today, living in the moment in the right here and the right now. See, in the wilderness, the children of Israel, they were instructed to gather enough manna, enough food for how many days? For today. 
in the wilderness, the pillar of cloud and of by day and fire by night guided them for, for what day? Just today. They were instructed to trust God's provision and to obey him today. All you have, all I have, all we have is today. Yesterday is gone. It's time to let it go. It's time to forget about it. It's time to stop beating yourself up over it. It's time to stop worrying about it. It's time to stop replaying it in your head. Yesterday is gone. It's time to let it go. Tomorrow isn't here yet, so stop dwelling on it. It's not even here. All you have right now is today. So live in the now. Jesus is inviting you to follow him today. Today. That's what it means to be a disciple. Being a disciple means, Jesus, I'm gonna trust you today. I'm gonna spend time with you today. I'm gonna obey you in this area of my life. I don't know how I'm gonna do it tomorrow, and I know I messed up yesterday, but I'm gonna obey you in this area of my life today. I'm going to walk out of the darkness and into the light and trust you. And I'm not going to put it off till tomorrow or next year or a different season in my life. I am going to be a a disciple of you today. All you have, church, is today. Stop worrying about yesterday. Stop stop complaining about where we're headed in the future. Just focus on today. Jesus is inviting you to follow him this day today. Finally, number three, Jesus is the light of the world because Jesus makes life bright again. Do you guys believe that this morning? Jesus makes life bright again. When you follow him, your life will brighten up. This is what it says, John 8, 12. says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, one thing that I love seeing my favorite thing is, is seeing people smile. And one of my favorite things about showing up here at South Valley on Sunday mornings is walking in and seeing all of your smiling faces. I love seeing the, the smiling faces of our parking lot crew. Can we give it up for them? They always do an awesome job. And our greeters and our kids ministry workers, you walk up and people are smiling. You look around, people are smiling. And here's why this encourages me. This encourages me because I know what's happening in a lot of your guys' lives. And there, it doesn't mean that life is easy. You might be going through some really hard things. In fact, many of you in this room are going through some very hard things, but you show up to church and you put a smile on your face. Why? Because it doesn't matter what you go through or what you face or how hard this world might be at the time. You have hope, you have joy, you have security in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so you always have a reason to smile. You see, some people on this planet, they don't know true joy because they don't know Jesus. Jesus says, when you follow him, not only will he lead you to the promised land, but along that journey, he will fill you with the light of life. Your entire life will become light. Even those hard things, even those struggles, you will have joy and courage and faith to face the day. He will turn the darkness in your world to light as he leads you to the promised land. Your mourning can turn to joy. Your sadness can turn to dancing. Your anger can melt into love. Your tears can be dried up. Your peace can be restored. Not only will he light up your life, but he will light it up the lives of those around you. Jesus came to make 
life bright again because he knows we live in a dark world. He knows we live in a world where every time we turn on the news, it's depressing and discouraging and makes you angry. Jesus came to light up your life. Yesterday, I had the privilege of attending a celebration of life service for David Ecker, the father of Pastor John Ecker. And as we were at the service, everything about it was amazing. Everything about it was beautiful. But one thing really stood out to me and it was when the pastor talked about Dave's ability to always smile. He said, even when he was going through whatever health issues he was facing, he still continued to always smile. Why did he smile? The pastor said he smiled because he had a deeply rooted trust in God. How amazing is that? And if you know Pastor John, you know the same thing is true for him. Let's give it up for Pastor John, by the way. He's in here right now. That's what it means to have the light of life. Even when your body's failing, you can smile. Even when you're in the furnace, you can smile. Even when you're in the wilderness, you can smile. Because you know Jesus is your light and he will light up the darkness in your world and he is leading you somewhere glorious, somewhere amazing. The question is, are you following him? Are you close enough to his light that it is illuminating your path? Or have you fallen back? Have you fallen away? Are you doing this thing on your own? Are you walking in the light or are you walking in the darkness? I don't know how your new year is going so far, but I'm here to tell you that you don't have to live in darkness in 2023. You don't have to live depressed and broken. You can have joy and happiness and love in your life. Again, you can have light. Some of us are convinced today that the good days are gone. And so we complain and we grumble and we're angry or whatever. It's over. It's too late. I already messed up. But Jesus is telling you today, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so I want to give you three ways today to apply today's message. Number one is this. Step out of the darkness and into the light. Part of your darkness might be your own doing, your own sins, your own issues. It's time to leave them behind. It's time to turn from sin towards Jesus. It's time to say today, I am done living in this darkness. I am done living every day in this addiction. I am done living every day in this, this, uh, you know, this secret. I am done living every day in this, this anxiety over trivial things. I am done living every day angry and bitter at other people and having an unforgiving heart. I am done living every day in this darkness. I am done lying. I am done cheating. I am done stealing. I am done breaking God's law, breaking God's rule. I am done with this sin that is pulling me into the darkness, my gambling addiction, whatever it is. I am done with this thing, sleeping with my boyfriend outside of marriage, sleeping with my girlfriend outside of marriage, pornography, whatever your darkness is. And I know there are people in this room with darkness in their life and they've been holding on to it and they won't let it go. And they're wondering why life is so hard and they don't have joy and they don't have happiness. It's because you've been holding on to darkness and it is pulling you down into a pit of despair. It's time to let the darkness go and to walk into the light where Jesus is ready to embrace you and receive you and change you and transform you from the inside out. 
step out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Have you committed to following Jesus? Follow him today. Number two, spread Christ's joy through your actions. If you have the light of Jesus in your life, make it known, proclaim him to your oikos, share him with your friends, put a smile on your face. Okay, I know you might get mad about what you see on the news. I know you might get mad today when you find out, you know, one of your NFL teams won't make it to playoffs. I know you might get mad about whatever the world throws at you, but you always have a reason to smile in Jesus. And people really are really just love the warmth of a good smile and a warm hug and a kind embrace. Put a smile on your face. Let the world see your joy through your actions. And finally, number three, Store up God's word in your heart this year. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a what? A light to my path. You will never know God's path unless you know God's word. And so we wanna challenge you this year, 2023, to memorize 15 verses with us. 12 week challenge, 15 verses. It begins this Sunday, it ends on Palm Sunday. We're gonna be encouraging you and quizzing you at times. But if you want to light up your path and walk in God's way, get God's word in your mind and in your heart and take on this challenge with us. If you need the verses, they're available in the lobby. You should have got some on the way in. We believe Jesus is the light of the world and we want to walk in his path in 2023. Can I get an amen? Father God, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for sending your son to die for us, to light up our lives, to make a path to the promised land, the kingdom of God, for bringing brightness in in the seasons that feel dark to us. You, God, love us and, and you provide for us just as you provide for your people in the wilderness, you provide for us now. And if there are people in this room who have been holding on to darkness, I pray that today would be the day they finally expose it to the light. They finally let it go. They finally say, I am done living in the dark and I am ready to chase after Jesus Christ. Fill us with your hope and your joy in 2023. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said.